Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, oh, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2015 and beyond. I am Ryan, and this week I am joined by filmmaker extraordinaire Bradley Haig. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. You know, you're always on the show, but this week was a special week. You had your world premiere of Jean Claude Van Damme's Damn Van, which is good news because every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. And it's not, well, this is the first time I've ever done it with. A world premiere of a director I've known for years, and uh, a pretty close to a feature-length movie. So almost, yep, mm-hmm. thirty-five minutes. Yeah, so it's uh, so stay tuned for that review. And just because Brad's my good friend doesn't mean I'm not I'm going to be nice to him. So I'm looking uh, forward to the, the yes, harassment. Sweet, stay tuned for that. But um, we'll get into that. Um, this is going to be a little different show this week. Um, usually we talk about box office numbers, stuff that's coming out on Blu-ray. Um, go to Box Office Mojo to check out last week's box office numbers. Log on to digitalbits.com to see what Blu-rays are coming out. Uh, because this week I really want to focus on Brad's uh, great accomplishment for his movie. And uh, we also saw in Dumb and Dumber 2. So we'll also be talking about that movie. Um, so yeah, we see a new movie. We play the trailer. We spoil the movie. Um, Where the hell is James? Uh, James is really busy with his job. They realigned his uh, department, I heard. Is what he told me. So he doesn't know um, exactly. He has to figure out when he can do things. So he's still mm-hmm. kind of trying to figure it out. Um, but I he'll guess be that's back. That's an excuse for not seeing my movie. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But uh, he's figuring it out. Um, I told him to take a few weeks off and get his uh, job in order. And um, yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm in charge of him. I'm like, dude, just take some time off. It's all right. Me and Brad can hold the fort down. <laughs> we'll be all right. Um, so yeah. So we're just gonna dive right into it. Um, I'm just going to hit on a few things as we talk. usually talk about what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I watched a couple more Tom Cruise things. Uh, I'm not even going to put in the interstitials, Brad, because we're going right into your movie. Okay. Um, uh, I re- re-watched Rock of Ages, but I watched the extended cut of Rock of Ages, which is rated R. Um, and this is, I just wanted to bring this one point up. This is my biggest problem with the rating system. So you can have tons of violence in things. Um, PG-13 movies are pretty violent. This movie has no nudity, no real cussing, but it's rated R because there's a scene with Tom Cruise um, and uh, what's that chick from Watchmen who's always naked? Malin Ackerman? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> and uh, 
and I mean, always <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's a pretty like sexual scene, and they're like grinding on each other, but it's rated R because of that. And they're doing it. She's doing it like in her underwear, and he's like fully clothed, basically, except like, like his chest is bare. That is weird. Yeah, and the the biggest thing is the extended cut's like two and a half hours long. I didn't know it was that long, and they cut out a huge part, which actually I think helps Tom Cruise's character, Stacy Jackson, it. Where he goes down to the strip club where that one girl, I don't remember her fucking name, like, I just watched the movie again. Um, she's working at after she leaves the bourbon, and there's a whole, like, Rocky Like a Hurricane, like, uh, lap dance and pole dancing scene. And he wants, he offers her 10 grand to sleep with her at the beginning. And then she looks in, him, in his eyes and she's like, You don't want to do this? He says, Yeah, I don't. I'm in love with that reporter. And so it changes kind of the last act of the movie, and it makes more sense. The theatrical cut is really jumpy, and I mean the movie's still not that good. Tom Cruise is still really good in it. Um, and so when I watched The Firm, he runs a lot in that movie. <laughs> um, it's a very um, '90s thriller kind of movie. It's where he uh, trained how to run. Yeah, yeah, it's where he trained. It's still fun. Um, I watched The Hobbit: Desolation of Smog extended cut. I didn't recognize as many deleted scenes or extended scenes in this one as I did in the first one, and I think it's because the second one is a, the story's told better. Um, a pretty good movie. Um, Terror Train, which is an old slasher movie I never saw, starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, I think that. Oh, I also watched Death Warrant. Um, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, and it's my favorite Van Damme movie. And rewatching it now is seeing so many of those action movies. I'm like, oh man, this has so many like tropes in it, and you know where he's a French Canadian guy at the very beginning. They say, "Don't go in there." It's like he killed my partner. I'm not waiting for backup, and then he, like, drop kicks all those guys. It's <laughs> awesome. I don't know why. And I, I didn't notice this before, but the Sandman wears pajamas as, like, his costume. I didn't notice that at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, at the beginning, he's, like, in pajamas. Like, uh, like Rob's pajamas from the Dick Van Dyke show where yeah. it's, like, striped pajamas. I'm not joking. And a bathrobe. Well, if, uh, real quick for yeah. a second, because I, I saw a trailer for the Night of the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. Yeah, not good. Uh, Dick Van Dyke is in the teaser as he's like consulting ben stiller's character yeah like he's getting advice wasn't he the villain in the first one he was i, if I, rem- <laughs> I haven't seen i haven't seen the second one i barely remember the first yeah, one me neither um but i remember that so yeah. i was wondering like why is they're friends now i i, I guess I, I literally saw the trailer for it for the first time today hmm. i was like meh anyway go back to it doesn't Warren. look that inspired um oh, yeah but yeah death warren is still like my favorite van damme movie i don't know why it has lots of like 90s like action movie stuff you know where they they, when the sandman shows back up in the prison i don't know why he brings him into the uh the showers and like the water's running and he doesn't kill him there he just says uh i I even forget what he says but it's like the 90s cliched villain yeah Um, but the guy's a pretty good villain though i love his voice um and it also has that sweet scene where they're van damme's fighting him and chasing him through the boiler room in the prison and he's like come on and he's like all ripped and stuff but i think my favorite part of it is the director makes an interesting choice that every time van damme like punches or kicks the sandman he does like three or four cuts of it so i think that's like badass like yeah yeah kick his ass it's all the same movement but you see just like it repeat exactly i don't know why it's so cool but just seeing him like hit him like three times in the same movement is badass and then he kicks him in a furnace and you think the movie's over yeah but he comes back would have been fine. Yeah. I, I would have settled for him burning in a furnace, but then he has to kill him on a giant screw. Yeah. What does, what does he say? Uh, screw you, I think is what he yeah. says at the end. Yeah. 
that's still a fun movie. And I don't know why he starts boning that chick. Because <laughs> he has to, I guess. He has that magnetism, I guess. He does. Because at the beginning, they don't like each other. And he's like, I don't like you as much as you don't like me. you know. And then there's really no connection with the two. And then she shows up for a conjugal visit, and he just fucks her. Yep. It's awesome. Not rape at all. No. Well, she's consensual, totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I watched this week. What he only threw himself on her, and she just kind of yeah, let it not? go. Yeah. That's it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I watched a lot of stuff, but I'll just be brief. Um, I bought the uh, Batman 66 TV series Blu-ray set, uh, which is really nice. Um, the picture looks astounding. Mm. Um, almost too good to where I think it's cleaned up. Like growing up, I had a really pastel look yeah, to it. Yeah. And what I'm seeing right now is a very like slick, polished, like modern color palette to it. I felt that way watching the movie on Blu-ray. The like, 16, mm, like the okay. 66 movie is really clean. Yeah. It's like, there's almost higher contrast to it to, I wonder if they made it, higher contrast to make it cooler and more appealing i don't know to modern audiences um which is you know a little so uh, i was because i i kind of wanted it really bad and i went lo- around town looking for i might have to order a best buy but like the dvd set looks actually pretty nice it has, i haven't seen that at all it has um like different there's like a green a blue and a ye- uh, pink like colored little books that you pull out and it kind of looks like the Blu-ray ones, but in DVD packaging and a lot smaller. But what does the uh, Blu-ray have that the DVD doesn't? Doesn't have like a Batmobile and a book or something? Yeah, it has a like a Adam West photo book of like personal photos. And oh, stuff. cool. Uh, yeah, the little Hot Wheels Batmobile. There's a pack of like trading cards, um, hmm. like a couple more sketchbook or does it come in like? Things. It looks like it comes like in a box that's like a board game would be in. Actually, I forgot. There's a really cool thing about the box. If you press the side of it, like mm-hmm. it plays the theme song. Does it really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it like flips open like the Batwing, the Batman logo is overlapping. That's awesome. And so it, like it opens up and it sp- just spreads open and then on the left side are all the discs and books and then like recessed in the right side like in velvet or the hmm. cards and the, the Very car. Very cool. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely worth the wait. They definitely did a good job on it. Um, I remember you like Jones and for that for years yeah. on the show. The only thing is, it's the episodes are pretty dumb. Yeah, well, <laughs> and hard to watch, so you can't just like sit through a bunch of them. Uh, although I have been, I think I'm almost done with season one. But you know, a lot of the plots, like all the clues, sometimes mm-hmm. like Batman and Robin reach based on riddles are really far fetched. Well, I mean, in the movie, remember the porpoise gets in front of a torpedo; it sacrifices itself for Batman. So right. you have to be willing. <laughs> It seems like the movie is sillier than the like the series takes itself way more seriously than the really? movie did. Um, but I, I think it's finding its legs towards the end. Like hmm. uh, the first episodes what? were very much like, here's a villain and he's just going to rob something and then Batman stops him. But now I think as as I've been watching, they've been getting more elaborate. And does the movie come out after the first season? I think it comes out after the end of the third season. Really. I, I can't. I don't remember. I, mean, I, they, I was reading the review of it on Blu-ray.com. And they said the only thing bummer is they don't include the movie with it, which is really kind of weird. Yeah, Jesse was hoping that they were going to include it and give it like the new transfer and everything. Hmm. But oh well. Yeah, you can get it for like six bucks. I think they're probably checking to see if this was like what the sales for this were going to be. I'm and sure it'd be high. worth remastering the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's high because I hope so. I haven't seen it anywhere. Yeah, it hasn't been 
available other than boot, you bootleg. You said you and they didn't even have it there. So yeah, I didn't see it on the shelf, uh, but they have limited stock. Uh, there was only one copy at Best Buy when I got mine. Like I said, I I didn't see it at Best Buy when yeah. I was there, and I haven't seen the DVD copies anywhere. Yeah, they had one DVD copy, no Blu-rays though. Yeah, um, and then I watched uh, some a lot of Van Damme movies, uh, but for right now, let's talk about one of them called Cyborg. I have seen that one. It's terrible. It is terrible. Yeah, it is. I think after the first two or three minutes, I tuned out. Really? Because it seemed like such a really sloppy, I don't know. I haven't seen it in so long. I couldn't even, I, I just know it's not one of my favorites. Like, I love Bloodsport, and I love Death Warrant, and uh, movies like that. But for some reason, I could never get into that one. Cyborg it's almost too hokey. It's weird, dystopian, like Mad Max, but futuristic. Yeah. Like, more technically futuristic. But really, all that's going on is just, like, gangs killing each other. Yeah. And then Jean-Claude is kind of stuck in the middle. Um, even, like, the cyborg that they're trying to get to this place. I, I stopped paying attention mm. to the plot, like, after five minutes. It was so hokey. <laughs> so, like, Jean-Claude's good in it. Um, but everything around him, like, there's just this weird gang leader guy who's just randomly hunting down people, killing them. Everyone they run into. This, Every I, scene. I don't even remember it. I rem- I know I've seen it. There was a time on VHS. I think I had every Van Damme movie that was available on VHS, like Hard Target, Maximum Risk, all that stuff. Nice. Um, but I I remember that one. I remember watching it once. I don't remember anything else about it. I couldn't tell you exactly what it's about. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting there watching it. I can't tell you what was really going on. <laughs> like they're just trying to get the cyborg to this one place because so it has the secret that'll save the world. And yeah, I don't know. Hmm. And meanwhile, there's tons of murder on the way. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that's all I got for this week. Nice. Um, I just want to mention one news thing. It's real news. Ash versus Evil Dead is coming out on Stars next year, which is going to be a ten episode series with the pilot being directed by Sam Raimi. Um, and they're really excited to get back uh, making zany um, things, which, you know, they were talking about. Uh, we have an interview with Timothy Quill on our podcast. and He was talking about how they were trying. They had an idea for the movie. Um, so now that they're making 10 episodes that are about 30 minutes each, I'd much rather have a five hour long Is movie. Bruce Campbell starring in it? Yeah, it's starring Bruce Campbell and um, Sam Raimi's directing it. So cool. So that's really cool. That's good news. I knew they were talking about making it a series. But when you hear it's oh, an Evil Dead series, I don't know. But that is called Ash versus Evil Dead, and it's directed by Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell stars in it. I'm on board, yeah, because it's going to be goofy, and um, and I don't have a subscription to Stars, but maybe I'll get one for two or three months to watch that. Um, Does so Stars excited. have a streaming service? Maybe I don't know. Probably, I could just record it at my mom's house, <laughs> go over and watch it, but then I'd have to watch it at my mom's house, and she'd bug me. My mom's one of those talkers during movies; it drives me crazy. Mm. Not like. <laughs> I went to Django Unchained with her. She really wanted to see it. I don't know why. And there's this really quiet part, and I forget who the actor was. I think it was, um, I think it was actually Jamie Foxx, and she said really loud, "I love him." I was like, oh, "Mom, you're so embarrassing. Please don't come to movies with me." But you know, whatever. Last time I take her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm excited. Uh, they said early 2015, so they must start. Um, they're probably gonna start shooting pretty soon. Um, so hopefully so that spring to 2015 I'll be watching some Ash kicking Evil Dead but spring 2015 uh, 
That means they have to already be shooting, really. Yeah, we'll see. They're doing even 10 episodes. I yeah, I'm not sure. I know it starts really soon, though. They already wow. have the series mapped out. I, there's a whole article in, on Variety about it. Hmm. And it's cool that there's actual quotes from Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi in it, you know, because they always would be like, oh, it's coming, and that they finalized a deal. And, and what people don't know is Sam Raimi does actually have a relationship with stars because Spartacus. Spartacus, yeah. yeah he produced Spartacus. Um, so cool. Um, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we went and saw Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van. Brad, should people go see Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van? Hmm, let me think about <laughs> that. Um, yes, absolutely. They should go see it whenever it's playing again. Very cool. I uh, might be a little biased. Yeah, maybe, just a little. Um, I'm going to be objective. Um, uh, you know, honestly, when you first announced this and you are trying to explain it to me, I didn't think it would ever work. Um, just because you weren't that forthcoming with details about it does that make sense mm-hmm. and do you like, understand why now yeah, yeah. and so was, we're gonna spoil this movie by the way so um but after seeing it it's a really funny movie and i'm pr- i'm really impressed so um here's a trailer for jean-claude van damme's damn van in the most corrupt city in america mayor thomas knob is king i own this city but he's about to get van damme we're just not a problem we have a new one From the producers of Thunderbolt. Get the damn van! Jean-Claude Van Damme's damn van. I'm getting the full bitches! Cool, Brad. So take us through the genesis of this project, because, um, I mean, if people listen to the podcast, they might have a, a faint idea of it, but... I'll just remind every yeah, podcast yeah. someone's new one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell us where the idea came from and where how it grew to an almost 40-minute long movie. Uh, back in February, our friend Adam sent me a link to this Funny or Die contest that said, put Jean-Claude Van Damme in your movie. So what they had was um, a graphics package of all these, of Jean-Claude Van Damme against the green screen doing cliched action things like saying cliched lines, uh, shooting guns, doing his famous kicks, and also, um, oh, shoot, uh, yeah, dialogue weapons and hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea of the contest was to make, like, a two-minute short and then uh, find a clever way to put him in a short movie and then submit it, and then you could win first, second, third place. Like a prize package, Prize basically. package, yeah. Um, and those prizes ranged from being, like, all of his movies on DVD to a Creative Cloud subscription, which I already had. Or an iPad. Um, I was really busy during those two weeks that the contest was open, and that's all. Seemed like a lot of work for two weeks. Yeah. So I figured, with Adam, let's make something cooler, and mm-hmm. then just turn in turn it in way late. Um, so we wrote like a fifteen page short film, and then we brought in some people, and then it grew and grew and grew into a thirty five minute sort of feature. And how did it continuously get bigger? Because you said it grew and grew, but when did it – you have the 15-minute script, mm-hmm. and when you were reading it, when did you decide, you know what, I'm going to go bigger? Uh, we didn't try to go bigger as a thing. It just happened. Because um, when you read the script, obviously we don't write, and then he kicks this guy, and then mm-hmm. you know those things were, found, were choreographed on set the day of. Um, and you kind of forget that those things extend the movie a lot, like minutes-wise. So, you know – on the page, there's, you know, a car chase. Uh, actually, I actually wrote 
insert car chase that is within our budget and yeah, abilities, you know, because mm. we obviously don't have resources to do an awesome car chase. Um, so it was, it was just like, whatever we come up with, it'll go in there. And then that car chase ended up being like three minutes long. Cool. So, so the movie, I'm going to tell the people the plot of the movie now. Sure. The, the plot of the movie is Adam plays Sloan, who Kurt Sloan. I, Kurt Sloan. It's really funny. His character poster is the only one who's really happy. Everybody else is really serious in it. Yeah, because he's a happy-go-lucky. Yeah, it, it cracked me up <laughs> when I saw him, like all lined up together. Um, uh, in it, he play he works at Double Team Flowers. There's a Jean Claude Van Damme reference for you. Yep. Flower delivery. Oh and yeah, flower we should delivery. also say. The script is based around all these homages to Jean-Claude Van Damme's movie catalog and pop culture references. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But I will say this. I was actually shocked that it's more of like an airplane kind of movie. Um, because you were, you were describing it to me. And I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? And, um, and honestly, most of your little uh, prequel little... Prequel shorts. Prequel shorts were kind of serious. Like they had a serious tone to them. I was that on purpose. Like he said, "Oh, this is this. We're going to go interview Mary Knob for this newscast, and this newscast is pretty serious." And then the tone of the movie is way different than I expected. Yeah, they're just teasers um, based on like they're kind of self-contained in their own. I mean, the double style. team flower commercial is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's pretty silly. Um, yeah, we figured the newscast would be should be serious. Um, Although, in, in ways, it's not serious, because... It's not, but I mean, it's treated serious, just the character of Mayor Knob is not serious. But between the two news reporters, it's straight. Right. But he's not at all. Because he's supposed to be funny. Like, yeah. It's a good, like it's supposed to contrast, you know. He's such a... Mayor Knob's such a silly villain. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make the world that was around him serious, so that it highlights... Yeah. How ridiculous that he is, and then uh, so you also had the Time Core one, um, which I thought it was a continuity error because they kept on being referred to as Emperor Knob, but in that version of the reality, he doesn't lose his election. He continues and he eventually becomes the emperor, as my guess, right? Yeah, the the Time Core commercial is from the future. Yeah, because obviously Sarah Sloan is still. It's a Time Cop reference, basically. Yeah, um, and she's. Part of his, um, you know, his regime, and then during the Time Core commercial, you see that she's actually part of the resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still just selling her as this hero. Um, so, yeah, it has all these, all the little commercials, and we should. I should explain that we. Um, did I explain that we made four commercials to advertise the movie? Nope. Yeah. Um, so th- there's the, the. We're talking about the shorts right now, not the actual movie, but. Um, they have little clues as to stuff that's in the movie. So anyway, about the movie. Yeah. When you watch the movie, those, the time core makes more sense. I was, I was going to call you out on a continuity error. I'm like, why the fuck is the emperor? Yeah. Nah, but it's, um, but in it, emperor Nob is basically telling people he doesn't care how they vote. He's going to win anyways. Obviously mayor Nob. Yeah. Yeah. Mayor Nob has some sort of, uh, it's like, uh, voter fraud. Basically he's not going to lose. Um, yeah, he, he's such a exaggerated villain that he gets away with everything, and the mm-hmm. city doesn't do anything to stop him. But he he's like right in line of those. I just mentioned the '90s villains, like the Sandman. You know, he literally is wearing pajamas, and 
in yours, he's like wearing some disco seventies leisure, yeah. leisure suit. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, but in it, what I really like too about this movie, you didn't bury the lead. Um, you know, you you know Jean Claude's in this movie, and you don't have that much to work with. Um, yeah, he only has ten lines of dialogue. Yeah, to work but with. you have Adam right away in the van, and he's talking, and he's not, you don't know who he's talking to. All of a sudden, it cuts to Van Damme, and it says no. And I mean, right away you don't. You're just like, there it is. Um, this is what this movie is, and it's just it's silly. It, it is a really silly movie, and I have to say, I'm I'm I was a little shocked because I didn't get what you were going for when you were explaining it to me earlier. Um, throughout these nine months, I was like, what is he fucking making? Um, he's not being forthright with information. Um, but I can't be because it's a sh- it's 35 minutes, so talking too much, like yeah. giving too much away spoils a lot of the jokes in the movie. It does, and that's what I mean. Like, it's an airplane movie where um, – so when can people see this, Brad, When I before I start spoiling the fuck out of this movie? Uh, we're trying to find some other screenings. Um, maybe an Alamo Draft House screening, cool. Steve. Steve. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyways, you should see this movie. Even if I spoil it for you, it, it won't do justice to some of the visual little gags there are. Um, anyways, so they they drive, and then uh, Sloan walks. He's delivering flowers to the news reporter. Yeah, Jean-Claude from... is Adam's dad. Mm-hmm. Colonel Luke Sloan and uh, Kurt Sloan, they're formed a flower delivery team, and then they um, stumble onto a murder. A murder um, by Cougar, who is... It, it's really... F- his character to me was funny, but at the same time creepy. He did a really good job of weaving the two, um, and it seems like as a character he always really wanted to play. Oh yeah, he, uh, when I asked him to be a part of it because he didn't originally like just volunteer, mm-hmm. I kind of roped him into it. Nice. I was like, if you could be in this movie, like, what would you want to do? And mm-hmm. he's like, I'll do it if I can be like this creepy serial killer, like almost like the Joker with a really bad wig. <laughs> yeah, well, it was supposed to be a real ponytail, like. <laughs> Because there's like this but, '80s movie that we were, we had a s- screenshot of where he had like his hair pulled mm-hmm. back, and there's no way he was gonna be able to grow his hair out that long or even wear it like that. Yeah, so, but the thing is, is it works though because it, yeah. in the tone of the movie, it so, works. Be- I started explaining away as like he has this disease that he's actually just wearing a wig to cover <laughs> up. So, but you know, the movie uh, Adam walks in delivering flowers, and I mean, there's like little goofy lines where he's like, "Well, I'm walking in because your door was open," just and you have that great hallway shot of the '90s action movie where and the music cue is oh something bad's happened and um he walks in and she's dead and then there's that funny bit where he goes to stab him and adam just happens to walk away right at the right time right and And why can't alexi just chase him yeah exactly yeah yeah, we don't know why it's just what it is Yeah, adam's kind of like a vessel just to uh make fun of all these cliche like why doesn't this happen you know yeah, and um, it, and it, I'll say for too for Adam, that's a hard part to play in a movie mm-hmm. because when you have to be the straight guy, where while everybody else, um, because they leave, and then the house is being watched by um, bad ninja cowboy guy, the henchman. <laughs> yeah, um, and then the car pulls away, and then there's dudes on a motorcycle trying to eat pizza, but they won't lift their helmets up. And then the whole time, Adam has to play the straight guy. And that's a hard part to play in a movie. And they're all answering rotary, rotary phones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And see, I wasn't going to w- waste all the jokes. Okay. Um, but it's fine. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's just little jokes like that. And uh, so what was your, was Naked Gun or Airplane your inspiration? You're just like, this is going to be funny, so I'm going to put it in here. Yeah, we had to write the script really fast. So I was just thinking of stupid shit to put in the movie. <laughs> nice. like, actually, the motorcycle guy, because the motorcycle ninjas weren't in the script. 
they were just something that Risa uh, hooked us up with. Like she mm-hmm. has friends, uh, she rides a motorcycle. And who's Risa? She, she is. Uh, we'll get to that part of the story, but okay. she is the uh, <laughs> time cop sister from, of Kurt from the future. Yeah. Um, but she has these friends that ride motorcycles, and so um, I think on the second time they came back to do their stuff, I I just I forget why, but we just needed a scene. Oh, we need a scene to connect them to introduce them mm-hmm. rather than d- them just showing up in the car gotcha. chase. So I just I was like, well, they should just be doing something dumb when they get the phone call. And so I just like, yeah, let's have me to pizza. That, but they can't eat it because they're wearing helmets. It's, yeah. Even though one of the slices is already bit into yeah. it. Yeah. So <laughs> they figured it out at one point. <laughs> the movies like this, continuity doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but oh that's God. what adds to some of the charm. In fact, I was going to tell you that um, it, the, the premiere, your render wasn't done. You're having problem, technical problems. So we saw a rough cut of it. Yeah, which still worked well. Yeah. Some people thought the missing stuff was a joke. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I was going to tell you because the part where you have – we'll get to it. Um, so the ninjas follow him, and then there's this big fight scene with Van Damme and uh, Adam and a bunch of ninjas that pour out of the car, which is really funny gag. Um, it's good because after nine months, I wasn't sure it was that funny anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're really close to it. But, yeah. you know, it played well. Um, and then they uh, then it gets out, and it's really violent. Um, you know, our good friend Richard Taylor makes an appearance as some guy with an umbrella. And Zach. And Zach. He's a yeah, all I, painted up guy. Yeah, don't know. The umbrella doesn't work and he runs away. It's funny shit like that. Um, he actually cut his uh, finger open. Did he really? An umbrella, yeah. He broke it. Huh. There's a couple. The I think that was the last take before it finally just stopped uh, expanding. Like it's Crazy. Exploded. Was it a cheap umbrella or something? I or think so, yeah. Or just... Umbrellas can only withstand so much penguin action. Exactly, yeah. Um, so it cuts to them fighting, and then at the end, I don't want to ruin all the gags of the fighting, but they're like they're fighting. Are you okay? I was checking the levels. Cool. Um, and then Jean Claude Van Damme has this thing where he's holding somebody up, like by the cuff. But obviously, you did that shot. You didn't have wasn't the finished one, so he was like really big, and it didn't look right. Yeah. But the audience ate that up and i think that's to like some of the charm of the movie that they know that he's not really there and it's green screen yeah i think right away from the van you know that he's this composited character yeah so everything else leading up to that he's composited well and then oh yeah like really well and then you get to that one shot and they're like haha yeah Yeah. that's how it would be if yeah so i was gonna lobby for you to keep it that way because it's like a really and it actually got a really big laugh because people actually thought that that's how you meant the shot to be, and yeah. I mean, me knowing you, I know that's not how you meant the shot to be, correct? Right. He's not. He's supposed <laughs> to be masked out there. Yeah. You're not supposed to see his hand at all because obviously Robert's shoulders covering that area. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be tough to decide whether we leave that in or not. Well, you know, you can have funny. you can have um, two cuts of the movie. Yeah. Um, the theatrical and director's cut, <laughs> yeah, or, or the fans' cut yeah. of the movie, because um, the director's cut would be perfect. Because sure. I know you. Um, so yeah, so it just can you know the plot gets more insane um, when you're telling me that. So Mayor Knob eventually shows up again, and he's eating a bald eagle, and I didn't understand why you were building a bald eagle for <laughs> all this time, and uh, uh, and it works really well because it's like uh, it's a good looking model, but it's not good enough. Does right, that make sense? Yeah, like it looks good, but. Not quite good enough to be in a big budget action movie. It's how a bald eagle would look if it had been rotting for a little while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's um, one of those gags where in the teaser, that the short, you know, he 
tells how he likes to kill endangered animals. Mm-hmm. And obviously that one carried over into the movie. Yeah, and it's uh and that scene was really well shot. I loved the the grandeur of it all, like the, how you do this lose low angles coming in and um obviously on purpose because it's supposed to be his office, right? And yeah. it's really a ballroom you rented out. Mm-hmm. Um so it was a great and you got a huge cheer when they found out that you were the Secret Service guy in there. Yeah. Um <laughs> So that's director making fun. a cameo. Yeah. Um, very, very Alfred Hitchcocky. Something in that room that we didn't get to do in time was there was going to be like Citizen Kane style blown up posters of Mayor Knob mm-hmm. all around the, the walls. So look for that in the final version. Very cool. Um, and then so the scene plays on and LeBlanc says that, you know, they got away and Mayor Knob is pissed and he needs to leave. So he makes... A bald eagle shake. Yeah, he takes the bald eagle he's eating on a platter and tells Jeff to turn it into a milkshake. <laughs> yeah, and it makes an appearance later on in the movie. Um, and we continue down, and we have like a sudden death. Uh, sudden. What's the Jean Claude Van Damme the ice hockey, hockey one? one? Yeah. yeah, sudden death. Sudden death. So there, there's an ice hockey fight. Um, there's some great bits in there. I'll spoil the movie, but I'm not going to spoil all the visual gags uh, for yeah. people who are listening. So there's a great fight between Adam and LeBlanc. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I saw the cut of them, the end of their fight. And I, I remember asking you, I says, he doesn't just fall. I mean, there's more to it. And he said, yeah, there's a lot more to it. And there's a really funny gag um, in it. And I don't know why the certain stuff would be in a hockey rink, but it's there. And um, just like there's a boiler room at the bottom of the prison. <laughs> exactly. It just it. It serves the story's purpose because mm. uh, just your justice is gross. Yeah, um, which was an ad lib line by uh, her. Yeah, and it's it worked really well. It kind of was the like uh, theme at the end of the sh- the screening. People really recognize it. So, did you give her a hard time like you gave me a hard time uh, for Invasion of the Twilights when I gave you the theme and uh, the tagline? Um, do but, people use "You'll get your Absorbitron"? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the like, the line that sticks with people the most. Um, uh, no, obviously, I didn't give her a hard time. Good, was, good was, for you. I was like, "That's brilliant." Yeah, you're like, you're way better than that. What's his name? I work with. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, that guy? I'm his. I'm a what's his name now. Um, but you're old news. Yeah, I'm old news. And then there's a great like chase scene at the end. Um, my favorite gag. I don't know if I should spoil this gag. Are you, do you want to say just you kick something out a window? Yeah, yeah. Something is kicked out of a window, and it's something that I would expect you to do, <laughs> but I didn't expect you to do. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any I sense see at how all. Far I could like shock an audience. Yeah, but you. The best part of it is is it happens, and then you do this really funny like cut to everything's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I figured I had to because yeah. it's so disturbing. It is. See, if you would have not changed that, then this would be a trauma movie. But yeah. that you left it that there's a happy ending makes it, you know, airplane. Um, yeah, everyone wanted to shoot, like, the, the school bus of kids and the box of kittens. But I was like, nah, Adam can just say it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll be fine. It, it's So it was it was really funny. Um, that's basically the rundown of the movie. Um, if you have an opportunity to see it, you should. You can pick up the soundtrack at Twist and Shout. That's right. They're selling it I, I purchased a copy of it. Did you? I did. Thank you. You don't remember me giving you money uh, on your uh, at your premiere? Uh, 
Did you see me running around? Yeah, I bought like, I bought a t-shirt and uh Thank you. Did yeah. you get the right cut cuz Yeah, it's right there. Okay. So, I think it's good. I don't know. I'll, if you bought a t-shirt at the premiere and you noticed that it doesn't fit right, maybe if you're a dude and you're wearing like this slimming um, <laughs> sexy shirt. The, the the male and female sizes weren't uh properly labeled and I wasn't manning the booth. So, um just let me know yeah, and just, I could probably trade it we out. Can we can message you left. either here at Real Nerds uh, on Twitter, or you can give out your Twitter handle, and you can... Yeah, I'm at Zerks on Twitter, yeah. or NebusVisions at Gmail. There's a jcvddv.com. Yep. Contact us through there. Um, yeah. Totally willing to trade it out. If oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool, and it's cool that it's there. Um, you mentioned that there's a copyright problem. That's why you can never like sell it. What's the copyright problem? Well, Jean-Claude's image is in there without, my, without his permission. But Yeah, but didn't they tell you you could use it, though? In the contest. Is that like the the fine print in the contest? Yeah, gotcha. It says, yeah, this footage is not for use outside the contest, but it's still in the contest. Um, like we're going to submit it mm-hmm. when it's finally done. We're going to put it on funnierdie dot com, but obviously, it's not supposed see, to go outside. So what of you that. need is it Jean Claude to see it and give you the okay. Yeah, and um, even uh, Adam's been tweeting him the teaser, uh, cool. his fan sites and Twitter accounts. Hopefully, it catches on and it might. He supports it. Um, I don't know why he would. I mean, like, if I was an actor, who like, who cares? But, yeah. But, I mean, I know he has to be protective of his image, but uh, you, I will say you use his image well. He's not... Yeah, we don't make him look like an idiot. No, you, he looks like awesome. he's... <laughs> yeah, like, he's a 90s action star. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm impressed. Um, so, great job. I'm, Thank you. I can't wait to see the finished product. I will be getting a Blu-ray for free that you're just going to let me watch at my house... Um, from for all your hard work, Absolutely. I won't tell anybody that I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> good, good call. Um, but yeah, that's awesome, and I'm I'm glad it worked out. And and how do you feel now that it's been premiered and you uh, can kind of rest? You still have a little more work to do on it, but yeah, we got to finish all the stuff that was missing. Um, I mean, most of it is done because there was a cut that was supposed to export that day that just didn't happen. Of course, it didn't. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, your luck. But. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm way more relaxed now that that's and over. See, and see, you were worried about people showing up. How many people ended up coming? Yeah, that's the thing. is, uh, Not only did it not export, but it also snowed. Yeah, and there was really a lot of people the there. First as... time of the year. Yeah, but a lot of people still showed up. I think it's 6 o'clock. We were standing around, like me and the rest of the cast, thinking, like, well, at least it'll be a nice rap party. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, people started showing up, like, right away. So... Yeah, it was hard to get down there. It took me an hour to get from my house to there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was worth it. I just, I think that's why I was a little, you know, delay that getting there and stuff. Um, yeah, but it's, we can't, you know, we're left wondering if it hadn't been such shitty weather. The, the irony is, like, I didn't want to, like, I tried to premiere this in October, which wouldn't happen because nothing would have got had been done by then. But I was like worried that they're like, if I do a later in the year screening, that's going to snow. I know. And sure enough. November 10th is like the first that's, day that we're like really That's the hit. only thing I could think of the whole time. I was like, Brad's luck is it snows. He called and, it. And it's yeah. funny. I was talking to my mom before I go. I was like, oh, yeah, Brad has this huge premiere. And I said, it's snowing. And I bet there's a problem with his movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I show up and there was a problem with your movie. Just yeah. like God hates you but or thank something. Thank you so much to everyone who did show up. Um, and, yeah, it was like I'd say 70%, 80% attendance. Yeah. Um, and people – loved like had tons of fun which makes me happy it's it is a movie i think that works really well with people mm-hmm. i mean i think you can it's enjoy it watching by yourself but i think if you see it with a bunch of people and maybe you have a party about it mm-hmm. i think with it i think 
people are saying that we uh, elevated like the standard of how to premiere a movie because a lot of local films, you know, you go sit down and you see it and it's over. But we had all those shorts and the trailers playing ahead. We had a skit mm-hmm. go on uh, before the movie. It was an event. Yeah, we treated it like an event. We had huge six-foot posters of all the characters. Um, the van was parked out front. You can get your picture taken with mm-hmm. it, although that sucks because no one wanted to stand outside. Yeah. Uh, I still tweeted a picture of the van, though. Thank you. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> yeah. and the poster. Yep. Yeah, we had... Uh, Eileen made cup, JCVD cupcakes. I know. They all looked great. Yeah. There was Bald Reese's Eagle the shakes there. Bald Eagle milkshakes. Well, Bald Eagle iced coffee. Uh, <laughs> dude. Yeah. <laughs> His shakes of real Bald Eagles. I'm hoping we get the Alamo Draft House because then like, they yeah. make shakes so we can make a Bald Eagle shake. Um, we should, you should definitely look into that. Yeah. We had the CD and T-shirts. Um, yeah. Mike did a great job. He hooked up a subwoofer. Like the bug doesn't have a subwoofer. Mm. So he brought his own subwoofer from his studio for us and... Um, Mike's the guy who did all the sound and Foley and stuff for the movie. So did a great job. We had, uh, um, like, the draft house. We had, like, an hour's worth of just John claude Van Damme commercials and trailers before the mm-hmm. movie. That, so people who got did get there early could just sit and watch. Yeah, like, it was fun. Trailers for Death Warrant yeah. and, like, the... Well, you also had commercial. the uh, Street Fighter, the movie video game. Yeah, Guile <laughs> like, versus Guile. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Except uh, we didn't... Because we were doing... There's supposed to be a DVD of it where we trimmed everything down, uh, but since we ended up doing files because we could, I couldn't make discs in time, the full 30 minutes of <laughs> th- that guy playing through the Street Fighter arcade game was on there, and I had to run to the booth and just like skip ahead. Yeah, like, it, that, that, that game was time. really like jerky. I don't remember it being so poorly animated. <laughs> Those old yeah photograph sprite things. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Mortal Kombat never moved like that. Maybe it was just a knockoff cheap yeah. version of Mortal Kombat. Well, that was Capcom, probably. Mortal Kombat's Midway. Yeah. Yeah. They have different engines. But yeah. So thank you so much for everyone who came out and you checking oh, it out. Oh. We also got uh, interviews with for Comcast. So hopefully yeah. on the Xfinity Arts and Entertainment segment, you'll get to see. Yeah, it'd be awesome. We're talking that, about it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like a proud papa seeing you up there and thank working you. so hard. And I'm very proud of you, Brad. Thanks. Because honestly, like I said, I didn't know... I. Watching some of the stuff, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think this is going to work. Brad seems like Brad's wasting his time. Yep. I, like, I, I, episodes aren't going up on time. Yeah. And <laughs> I know. I was mean to you that day. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I know. They, they, they go up I, when I say they go up. I waited, I waited a few days before I started pestering you yeah, about it. It was so hard to get. So, there's so much going on. I just yep. couldn't get it done in time. That's fine. And they went up, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So great job, Brad. Thank you. Continue the good work. Um what what time you got? Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. All right. Hey, it worked out pretty well, huh? Yeah. Um, sweet. So yeah, no, I, I, great job, Brad. I can't wait to see the actual final movie. Get your shit together. If you can have a premiere, make sure the movie's right. Yeah. Well, if we do another premiere, it's gonna that's be that's my copy. criticism yeah. for it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Stop half an ass. We're gonna start. We're gonna start having a description of something that goes bad, calling it pulling a Brad. Pulling Brad. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> But no, it was as well. I, and like I said, I was going to spoil some of the gags in it, but I can't. Because um, my favorite gag is such a shocking one that it's it's amazing. And I can't wait to see it completely rendered and with all the special effects with it. I know. It, it but it's still, it still played. Pole, yeah. It's still played. and Because, you know, I even noticed, you know, at the end, too, when they're in the ice, in the underneath the ice rink where they're fighting, there's some green screen back there, too. So um, yeah, I have to see the rest of that as well. Very cool. So this week we went and saw Dumb and Dumber 2. Uh, Brad, should people go see Dumb and Dumber 2? I guess. Um, 
I, I the original I grew up. It's funny, but it's not something that, like I'm. I usually go like pull off the shelf like oh I have to watch this you know mm-hmm. it's just something is funny I usually see on TV once in a while and then I was worried that this would be just terrible mm-hmm. and I don't think it's terrible um, it's different it's got a different tone to it um, but I, I it was funny in the moment yeah I I agree with you actually I when I saw trailers for this I'm like oh this is gonna be a train wreck the trailers weren't funny at all. Mm. Um, but the movie is redeemed because I think it's fun to see Jim Carrey act that way again. You know, not stop taking himself so seriously. Because at the end of the day, he's the mask. He's Lloyd Christmas. Um, and, yeah, the movie, it's okay. It's I don't think you have to go and see I think you can rent it. I think it's the, the story just isn't obviously that interesting. And it, towards the end, it gets to be just a rehash of the first one. Yeah. Um, but it's really a lot of just short gags mm-hmm. almost like short family guy gags sometimes like cutaways. it feels like a bunch of skits yeah which just those individual skits are funny but as like a whole mm-hmm. it's not as satisfying as like a complete story or journey as the first one so here's a trailer for dumb and dumber too two decades and he still comes how you doing buddy brought you your favorite candies come on lloyd you gotta get over her mary samsonite was just a girl <laughs> that's it kid come on come on come on spit it out god yeah <laughs> wait a minute so you mean you have been faking for 20 years mm-hmm. and it was all for a gag yep that's Awesome! <laughs> oh, oh. Once you roll me inside, we'll get the nurse to take the catheter out of me. We don't need nurses for that. But don't you have to... No! Oh! I like what you've done with the place. Who's this? Oh, that's Butthole. I found him out in the alley. Why'd you name him Butthole? Because of this. Good name. Totally fits. It's a postcard from Freda Felcher. Harry, I'm pregnant. Please call me. What do you think it means, Harry? Lloyd, I'm going to be a dad. Ah! Look at the postmark. 1991. I had a daughter. I gave her up for adoption. What if we go track her down? You're hot for my daughter. What? Am I right? What? Am I right? I like her a lot. I know she'll appreciate all the trouble you've gone to to find her. Let's call her. It's ringing. Whoever this is, we're in the middle of something very important here. This is your dad. What? Hey, guys, I know this is weird timing, but I got to take this. It's my dead dad. She's got me on hold. Mikey? Yeah, Grant? I've got the diamonds. Mikey's listening. They're underneath me. Did you hide them inside this turkey? They're just above the giblets. No diamonds in here. And you're not my grandson. Harry, she's got me. She's really clamping down. (laughs) You can cross that one off your bucket list. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the movie, I mean, the trailer pretty much says it. Uh, Harry has a daughter with Freda Felcher, and they go to see her. 
when they get to the place, they find out that she actually went farther uh, across the country, so they have to go on another long road trip. Um, there's some jokes that work really well in this movie. Um, I love the conversation they're having about who who smelt it, dealt it. I think is like really stupid, but really it's the stupid like smart writing, you know, where they're <laughs> trying to. Uh, play this game and uh when they fart and they <laughs> lock rob wriggle in the back and roll up the window to the hearse and he's like dying in the back it's funny <laughs> and then i mean there's like bits too where um i forget what is said but jim carrey keeps on looking back and smiling differently to rob wriggle and he's like what are you doing he's like oh no i forgot <laughs> he just keeps on looking back i don't it's weird um i think the first joke that really got me was um once they start out on the journey in the hearse and it goes on for like five minutes and then they finally arrive at the destination and then you <laughs> yeah. find out that they just went to back to Frida Phelps. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's moments like that that are really great. Um, I, I read today that the dude who's a breaking bad guy in the apartment is Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah. That's um, funny. But you can't tell at all. And there's the cat swinging on the chandelier. <laughs> yeah. <stopped> meth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's funny th- stuff. Like it just, it doesn't seem like it sustains the movie though. Um, I mean, I guess one of the twists in it that it's actually Lloyd's daughter, but then there's another twist that it's not either of their daughters, but see, there's another great, like little joke. There's a lot of little like throwaway jokes, Mm -hmm. um, where they go to that one dude's house and they forgot that he died in 1991 and, and, uh, Jim Carrey says, yeah, I traded him my bike for his helmet straight up. Yeah. he didn't have a safety helmet on so that's why he's fucking dead um it just that character um in the first movie i don't remember some guy they talked about i maybe i I don't remember i what did you get him give him the bike that they had from the first movie i can't remember sorry just suddenly just the picture of the cat farting the feathers (laughs) yeah (laughs) off my head because i was thinking about uh lloyd Left the cat. And Lloyd is kind of like a jerk in the movie, though. He's not, he kind of lost his, um, just like boyish goofiness, and he kind of became like an asshole. Um, (laughs) but it's still pretty good. We did spend 20 years on one, yeah, on one joke. Yeah. Um, when Rob Riggle's gonna kill him, he gets ran over by the train, (laughs) and they think he just stole (laughs) his car. car. (laughs) I mean, stuff like that's so funny. Uh, when Rob Riggle introduces that game where they put the peanut on their nose and they roll it down into like a funnel in their pants. And when he does it, the way Jim Carrey acts is just so classic where he's like, no, no way. way. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> and then how it plays again later when Freda Felcher tells him how they have sex. <laughs> They've never had it. <laughs> They've never had sex. <laughs> uh. um, yeah, there's, I think there's some little funny moments in it. I don't know if it's, Something you have to rush out and see, um, because it it doesn't. It, I don't think it does have the charm of the first one, and it doesn't have tons of instant, instantly quotable lines like the first one did. Um, but I still had fun watching it. I don't think it was like a horrible movie. Yeah, um, the gags that aren't in the trailer are actually pretty decent. Yeah, especially when they're just not so much like shock value, but sometimes the way that how they're dumb towards things mm-hmm. is actually pretty clever. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. Like they just take words the wrong, like they just see things in a different angle. That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, I mean, there's even that bit where he, uh, Harry says, um, that's not very subtle. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he j- slaps him. Yeah, he's like, he had a ganat. And after he just chastised him for not pronouncing wor- or saying words Word's incorrectly. Right, yeah. yeah, so there's little funny bits like that. Um, and, dude, Kathleen Turner looks horrible. <laughs> I have pretty unrecognizable. I know. I have. Uh, I got Romancing the Stone on Blu-ray. I haven't watched it yet. But I, I remember literally liking that movie when I was a kid. And I always thought she was really hot in that movie. Years have not been kind. And they actually, she's actually a good sport about it. She kind of plays it. Um, yeah, the whole introduction of her. Yeah, because they like, were like, excuse me, sir, can we see Frank yeah. <laughs> And it's her. Yeah. And it's pretty funny. And when she's young, she has a smiley face tattoo. And when yeah. she's older, she has like a frowny face yeah. tattoo because her skin sagged. Yeah, I just wish the rest of the movie could sustain those jokes. I mean, there's there's like five to ten minute parts where I just didn't laugh. I'm like, <laughs> Or you get super excited when they get the the dog van back and they yeah. crash it like <laughs> yeah. in, within a minute. And yeah, they have a zamboni instead. <laughs> then they do drive a zamboni. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see that part's funny where they're like running from a tornado. Yeah. Um, what's another gag from it? Uh, what was the one before the tornado? They uh, they take funny. a shower in the t- oh yeah the toxic waste a nuclear power plant <laughs> yeah. and they're at night they're driving around they're glowing. <laughs> yeah, I feel really good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's silly shit like that. Um, I guess it's fun. Yeah. It'll be a worse way to spend a, a weekend. Um, Next week, we'll be seeing Mockingjay, The Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> Brad's really excited about that. I'm taking my niece, so, you know, fuck you, Brad. Can't believe you don't like my niece liking movies. She's a dick. I, I, don't, I didn't say that. You did. I could see it in your face. I don't like the movie. Um. Uh, Carrie Elways is coming to Denver Comic-Con. I already put out the email that I want to moderate his panel. And I really wanted them to respond as you wish. They did not. If you get to do it, that's how you should respond to all of his questions. Oh, I'm going to no, do that. <laughs> Could that be a dick move? No. He's like, because when you did Kevin Conroy, <laughs> like, when you're discussing with him early on, mm-hmm. like, how do you want me to bring him out? He's like, oh, no, it's fine. Just say my name and we'll be done. And then you just say, as you wish. Oh, that'd be sweet. That'd be awesome. That would be sweet. And then at the um, end of the panel... Um, do you guys want to do you want to see Gary always <laughs> then you say as, as you, you wish, wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun um, it's funny Chris sent me emails like it's a little early for that but I'll keep you at the top of the list <laughs> yeah we'll see yeah it's alright yeah it's fun uh, keep up the good work Brad thanks thanks for highlighting Sean Claude in this episode hell yeah buddy I'll see you next week see you next week bye Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.